Okay guys, welcome back to episode 8 of Teen Muscle Radio and as you can see if you're watching on YouTube today, I am joined by my good friend and fellow teen natural bodybuilder Ashley Healy and today we are going to basically be going through you know how Ashley has started training um, and how his training and nutrition has evolved over time to make him into the very competitive natural teen bodybuilder that he is today. Um, so before we go on and go through our normal questions, I'd like Ashley just to sort of briefly introduce himself um, and tell the audience what he is about. So go ahead, Ashley. Hello, like AJ said, I'm a competitive natural teen bodybuilder. Been training for around roughly four years now. Um, my first competitive season was last year, competing BMBF Welsh, which I've won the team class, mm -hmm. got through to the finals. I'm in my second year of competing now, competed with BNBF and NPA, both really good years, um, shows. Um, I'm a fully qualified personal trainer and fitness instructor. I'm going into my second year of a foundation degree in sports science and mm. sports coaching. Interesting. I didn't know that about you at all. I didn't know you were a student also, which is um, wicked. That's interesting. Um, we've had a few students on before that have combined bodybuilding and uh, obviously being a student, and that's very difficult. So um, it's incredible to see that you've done so well. So you mentioned briefly um, where you placed last year. Uh, how have you done so far this year? Just the audience get an idea as to how good of a bodybuilder that you are, Ashley. Well, I went into the BMBF. Welsh hoping to sort of retain my team what I won last year but I was the only team that's mm. qualified uh, that's entered so they gave me an option to compete against myself sort of thing um, and I'll sort of come first place or competing with the juniors so I thought I was well jump in the deep end give myself comp some competition um, as opposed to I know it's sort of bodybuilding is about beating yourself but I'd say it's like competitive against each other so competed in BNBF Welsh came third in the juniors which I'm over the moon with being the youngest there and then the weekend after featured at NPA Southwest and came first in the under 21s juniors mm. so taken home some very very good trophies this year already Ashley two British invites and so we'll be definitely talking towards the end of the podcast about um, Ashley's plans moving forward because obviously he's got the invites now um, so it's what he is going to do with them which is obviously going to be the cool thing to follow. So as usual um, we have a lot of viewers and a lot of listeners that are really sort of just getting into training and they obviously see bodybuilding as something they might want to do in the future. So Give us a bit of an idea as to when this, um, you know, gym obsession, or you know, when did you really get into um, training? When did it just begin? Like the bare roots of your training career? Well, all throughout my life, sort of as young years, primary school, beginning of secondary school, always been always been a big lad. Right? I'm not particularly the tallest, about five foot six, so I'm not. There's people taller than me, but. Biggest I got to was about 15 stone fat. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and I, thought, I got to that point. I was like, I've got to do something. So I lost, sort of lost weight. I got down to about 11 stone, 10 stone, roughly about year eight. So what's that? I don't know, about 14, is it? Yeah, something like that. 14, 15 years old. Yep. 
I still had like sort of quite a bad body image about myself. Still saw myself as fat, and you know? so I wanted to train, but I knew nothing. I had um, this multi gym at home, hmm. so you can do leg extensions, chest press, like the usual. Um, and then I was at a party actually, at a house party, and because it wasn't within like distance to my house, I was staying with my mates sisters and her husband was into training and um, was up for hours after like this is after the party just hours like speaking about training gave me like nutritional advice like a training plan right so it's sort of an odd sort of ironic thing right <laughs> so, <laughs> after that, a fight. so that's so after a party you were speaking to like a guy how, how old was he was he much older he than you like, yeah like mid-30s oh so, wow yeah and and what 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 did his advice look like? Like what did he initially say to you? Uh, was it something that you could take home and do at a multi gym, or did you take this advice and then obviously visit your first gym? What what sort of the advice were? Well, it wasn't until about a year into training I started going to a gym. So, but his advice was sort of sort of gave me some sort of foods to eat, but it's mainly training. He showed me made gave gave me a split. It was sort of A, day A, day B, then rest. Um, so it was sort of half the body in one day, half the body the next day. So like an upper-lower split? Like upper no, body, lower body? Oh, no. It was literally sort of half the body, half, okay. however you want to... It was like one exercise per body part, <laughs> <laughs> like 10 sets okay. per body part. Wow. So I know it's a lot, but yeah, yeah. at that point I wasn't hit, hitting anywhere near muscular failure, so... Okay. It, but it yeah worked for me. But it was eating. I never really got round to till about half a year into it. So, but I made some quite I'll say decent gains, but noticeable sort of gains in the first couple of months. Now, did you you mentioned that you went obviously straight when you had issues with your body image? You went straight into yep. a fat loss phase and came yep. down quite considerably. How did you do that in the first instance? Was that did you involve weight training or was that mainly cardio and just eating differently and what did that sort of look like that fat loss phase um well i've always been into sport at that point i was playing playing rugby i've been playing it for like three years before that um and it, but it was literally diet it's on something clicked and i thought i've got to do something yeah so it was literally just looking at the right food sort of lean meats like lean turkey and rice, <laughs> rice cakes that's just just diet Fish down to really, cake. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fish and rice cake. Yeah. So just diet, basically. Mainly That's diet. What changed. Yeah. And you Pretty made a, and you made obviously a lot of progress with that that fat loss phase, which took you down to a position where you are now obviously looking to build muscles. Is that right? So you got lean yeah. enough to where you wanted to to sort of build a physique. Yeah, I always had sort of dabs here and there, sort of lifted a bit of weight. I had dumbbells at home, and I had that multi gym, but then. But not really until a couple months, six months down the line, I started to want to look into training more. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, sort of reading muscle and fitness magazines, mm-hmm. etc. Stuff like that, yeah. Cool. So what age were you when you initially wanted to hop into the gym and uh, start start lifting weights properly? So you got this advice from the guy, you sort of took that home to your multi-gym and started eating a bit differently. But yep. when when was it that you initially actually got a gym membership and started going consistently? Like, how old were you at that point? I was sixteen. Um, 
it was a summer after, so it was yeah, literally about a year after I started training. It's at this sort of old school bodybuilding gym. Let's call it. It's an old warehouse, no AC, just fans dotted around the room. That's why I still train now. It's got a reputation of a sort of meat edge gym, but it's when you get in there and start training, everyone's lovely, right? Willing to help. Always willing to have like a chat, say hello. And been training ever so yeah about three years been training there now and I've made like, some of the best friends I could make. Oh, it's nice to know. Like the environments that people train in first tend to be a bit different to where they transition into when they really get into bodybuilding. Uh, I think that's yeah. something that I ha- like happened with me. Like I started in a very commercial gym and then I went into um, a bodybuilding style gym and sort of got a taste of that and really wanted to stay there. And like like you said, I made some of the best friends ever there because you can really re- so, re- like relate to them really well um so i yeah. think that is important to realize but obviously you sort of went from you know your multi-gym straight into the deep end into a bodybuilding gym now what do you think obviously at this point of time you're still struggling with your body image a little bit did that sort of help you being chucked into the deep end with this sort of different and new environment did that help you at all in terms of dealing with your body image yeah i'd say it definitely did because Mentally as well, you sort of. I was reading um, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger's guide to bodybuilding, like a encyclopedia to bodybuilding, and it's like different things that and it's, that he says. If you train it, it's all well and good training at home and that, but you're gonna want to branch out more machines to progress further. I thought, yeah, I've definitely got to get get a gym membership now. Sort of no. So, and then yeah, diff- well, lots of different machines. Um, I was able to train harder because more room. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I loved it. Start speaking to people, get other people's idea of training, nutrition advice. Nice. So when did you? You said you noticed gains like fairly quick. How how did you sort of like like what did your sort of first few months of training look like in terms of what would you hit throughout a week? So what would a week of training look like and how would you say that's changed over time? So, did you learn more about training, and where did you learn about this all this sort of different ability to train different muscles, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? It was online, really. Um, I remember looking down bodybuilding.com, and the first person I looked at was Chris Gethin. I had no idea about anyone else really. Was he that was when you started? Person. You looked at Chris. Yeah, yeah. I didn't um, exactly go by his principles because it was the. Um, What's the principle he does? Um, DT. Yeah, something like that. DTT yeah. <laughs> or something. Yeah. Something. Um, I was sort of looking into it, but I knew I didn't have the right equipment to do it. But it was more on the nutritional side when I started to really get into it. You no, know, except the first first couple couple sort of months eating. I wouldn't. I never knew that sort of eating. You had to eat big to get big, and it was sort of the nutritional side I'd take from it. Sort of knowing to eat, so you'd have your peanut butter sandwiches, banana. Mm. So the old, yeah, your rice cakes. Mm. Um, but yeah, training-wise, there's no structure to it at all. Like I said, sort of one exercise per body part, t- 10 sets. So I do like 10 sets of lateral raises. But you made progress yeah. with that, is it? Like, yeah, yeah, but again, like because I was a newbie, I made progress, but then it slowed. Mm. And then... When did it slow, so, exactly? Um, can't remember exactly. A couple months in. But between going to the gym and training like in my bedroom in the multi-gym, um, I got a bench in a shed where I was, um, it was literally a bench, six inch, uh, six foot bar, 
the ship was tiny. It was like one of those gardening ones when like, you can open up the window and put flat plants on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, bench dumbbells. And the first proper plan I'll say I did was YT3 by Neil Hill. And I loved it at first, yeah. Was did. that because you knew of Neil like through being Welsh or... Was that like? Did you follow him online or anything like that? Because he coaches Flex Lewis, obviously. Is that how you got hold of sort of Neil's principles? No, generally sort of floating through bodybuilding.com again. I wanted to get a proper because I knew that sort of become more knowledgeable about weight training. I need to sort of vary what I do as opposed to doing just ten sets of same body part. Um, yeah, and. I was always worried about being, because I was about 15 at the time, going by heavyweight at 15 probably wasn't the best thing to do. So, because he's got like sort of the 10 reps, 15 to 20 reps, and then higher third week. And I loved it. And I made some decent size. I think it was mainly my arms I saw. It made difference in. Yeah. And then, yeah, everything else sort of followed. And then I started the gym, made my own sort of routine up sort of four sets, four exercises, and yeah, progress from there, really. Nice. So you made some initial really, really good like progress, and obviously you started at 16, and you obviously you've, you've, you've completed quite recently at 18, I believe, and then obviously 19-ish this year. Um, so that's quite quick progress. Now, did you go from this, obviously, lean state that you got as a result of you sort of being the chubbier kid, um, I was, you know, sort of that end of the scale as well. As a chubbier kid, I came down and then I went into sort of a muscle building phase when I got into the gym. So yeah. what did um, you do in between that, that time? I want to know what happened in between that time of you coming down through this fat loss phase, uh, you know, being the chubby kid and then being the, the guy that started the gym. Like what happened? Did you put on a lot of weight in that time period and what did that yeah what did that time period look like in terms of numbers like where did you go from and where did you get up to I never really um wasn't until to be fair to the last till the last off season it's never been I've never been consistent with keeping numbers must have been so like you, know, you pointed out the logbook in my um Instagram post like last week couple weeks ago or something um yeah it wasn't till last off season i really started to nail into a logbook um so weight wise as sort of going up to in the gaining phase i can't can't tell you what i weighed but i put on put on a lot of body fat packages did you go (laughs) by the mirror then did you just like look at how you were looking in the mirror and just thought oh well you know i'm probably gaining muscle um i'm eating enough like how how did you know that you were making progress when you were in that sort of initial gaining phase? Um, I went by many went by strength really. Because okay. I was always I was I was always holding more fat than I'd liked, and I thought that's all right, I'll grow into it soon, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until speaking to um, Michael Joe Daniels, he's in his going into sort of mid-40s, he's sort of done it all before, competed at BNBF Welsh, um, in his, yeah, back in uh, in the past, and I explained what I wanted to do, and he had a look at me, I'd like a pinch around like my stomach, and he, he basically said I was holding too much, so what he said, he was like, track back a couple like, hundred, ca- uh, start off tracking back a couple hundred calories, 
see how you're looking, see on the scales. So you're not particularly dieting at all because you're not ready to diet because you knew I wanted to compete the year year after. Um, Good advice. You just drop, yeah, just dropping weight so you'll be in a better condition to diet. And yeah, then I noticed sort of sort of because I'm still on in a surplus um, to start making that sort of good gains mm. better like because my body was more sort of primed to it more sort of testosterone levels being better yeah. and, so you sort of gain tamed for a little bit you sort of you dropped a little yeah. bit of body fat but you sort of like stayed with eating like pretty decent calories um not dropping them too low not doing aggressive cardio but you sort of gain tamed when you realized that you, you were getting a bit too fluffy for your liking yeah, exactly because i think i remember at my biggest i got back up to 15 stone like whilst training so um but I was, yeah, I was on like 500 grams of carbs, like something like 300 grams of protein. And wow. I was I wasn't using it. Like, I look back now, it's, oh, sort of I took fats from sort of did always neglected fats really. Sort yeah. Of got them from got them from natural like sort of occurring sort of like from your beef and that. Yeah. So I never like fats. Never really tracked them till this off season again. So I've learned a lot since last year of competing, and yeah. So would you say that, um, sort of briefly transitioning to a slightly different topic, would you say that throughout that period of time where you were gaining and gaining, did you have to eat a lot to sort of notice that you were like gaining strength or making improvements in your physique? Were you like uh, typical, you know, I don't really believe in body types, but were you like an endomorph kind of guy in terms of how much you had to eat? Did you have to eat, eat a lot to make progress? No. Um no, not really. I've, I've always found I can put on fat slightly easier, so I've got to be careful. Uh, but no, I don't really. I just ate a lot because I got in my head that oh no, I know I've got to eat big to get big, so I'm gonna <laughs> gonna eat big. Didn't really pay attention to sort of body fat to start with, and then yeah, sort of got a bit out of hand, and mm. then yeah. <laughs> For sure, that's so easy to, <laughs> to sort of happen and, you know, like now yeah. research is coming out that, you know, you really, really cannot force feed gains and I think yeah. that something, you know, we'll ask about later on in the podcast is obviously that period of time that you've had between two competitive seasons, which I had as well and I'll probably give yeah. some tips and tricks in terms of what I learned, but you made considerable progress and we had a chat, you know, earlier on in the year and you said to me you stayed a bit leaner, uh, which is obviously interesting to see um, and you've made incredible progress throughout the, that sort of short time period so before i sort of transition into our next topic yep. i'd like to sort of like finish the training aspect in terms of is there anything that you'd go back to in like your first couple of years of training like with your knowledge now what would you sort of recommend for a teen that's sort of just getting into the gym you know first first couple of months maybe up to a first first year of training what would you say that you would have, you know, looked back on and, and done differently in terms of uh, your own training, and thus uh, teens can take advice on that? Um, sort of take note of everything, really. So, take note of your weight if you can. Take note of your body fat, so you can see if you're gaining weight, how much has potentially come from body fat um, or lean muscle. Um, train hard. Sort of where I train to absolute failure, but I do drop. I do lower sets. Okay. Um, so don't do too many sets. Don't stick on the bench for forty-five minutes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um, so what were you gonna say? And sort of just like stay consistent with it. Would yeah, would exactly. that be something that 
like you you maybe struggled with in the in the you know first instance was just sort of get, consistently getting into the gym yeah. um you know i think that's something everyone should take away from from sort of hearing you speak that you know it was a while until you got sort of consistency into logging your training um and getting into that con- sort of consistent feeling which is obviously where you made most progress so if people yeah. start that yeah. now then they can obviously make potentially more progress than you've made in this short in this win this window, uh, which yeah. is you know which means they'll have the potential to have a winning physique like you do. Obviously, genetics play their part, but it would be nice to see more teens bringing more incredible physiques, which is why you know I'm running this podcast is obviously for people to learn and improve um, yeah. from a very young age. So yeah. Thanks for yeah. thanks for that, Ashley. So yeah, moving on into our next topic, we're going to talk a little bit about your nutrition over the years. So when you started looking into um, obviously gaining, gaining like gaining more muscle and all of that jazz, like did you really look into um, your nutrition and where did the sort of the the penny drop in terms of you like starting to be a bodybuilder with nutrition what sort of age did you say you were like prepping meals and getting all that stuff together um sort of always had always took sandwiches to school really because i never wanted to get them in tupperware boxes but um i never exactly prepped meals but i ate sort of when i needed to but I, not gonna lie, I would neglect sort of if I was to go out for hours on end, I wouldn't take a meal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was the end of secondary school. Um, I started properly logging like my fitness pal in first year of college, I'd say. Um, that was still during the time when I was eating way too much, about 500 grams of carbs still, and I didn't need it. Um, I remember I'd take for, I'd go back to sandwiches, and it'd be like wholemeal bread. Two slices of bread, sort of, <laughs> but half a pack of like sort of Bird and Matthews turkey or chicken first sandwich. Um, oh, it was horrendous, it was, and I constantly got ripped for that. Yeah. So I don't bread without ham or like. <laughs> I got absolutely ripped for my um my Tupperware, and I I I just always like on my breaks at college, I I just hate to have to open it up. And, yeah. and eat it and it really probably developed quite quite a bad relationship with food for me in right. terms of yeah because I, I just didn't like eating around people in the end um it, i'd sort of like wanted to eat on my own and you know all that jazz would it would have definitely come from college and it's interesting like jonah on our first podcast he mentioned this as well like you know bring him odd meals to to college and getting just absolutely ripped for them um which is unfortunate but you know, yeah. you know now, obviously, um, with flexible dieting, I'd be able to sort of make a little bit more of a quote unquote normal option and sort of get away with it. Um, but what would you, what would you like? Would you pay really close attention to your nutrition? So, did you realise the importance of it throughout sort of this late stage of college and this, you know, this final sort of stage of gaining muscle before competing? Did you know the importance of of nutrition at that point? No, again, it wasn't until uh, speaking to this guy in the gym, and he was like, "Sort of track back, just take 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 some calories away from carbs, really." So you clearly eat and, and sort of try to drop your protein. I think he gave me, um, he said, I'd sort of drop, "I think it was two fifty. He said to drop my protein down to, so it's still still fairly high. Yeah, well, yes, yeah, still fairly high. But he said take 
majority from carbs, drink plenty of water. So it wasn't then until um, that was when I started taking sort of meals to college, prep meals, it'd be sort of like just normal like pasta, tuna veg or chicken and rice veg. Um, yeah, it wasn't until then I really started getting into the nutrition sort of side of it. Interesting. Really log in still. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you obviously used my fitness pal um, and ate fairly decent food sources, um, which helped you put on a lot of tissue, uh, granted a little bit too much fat, but then um, you, yeah. you approached this guy. So at what point did um, maybe this guy or you decide that the time was right for you to sort of enter your first bodybuilding prep? When did this all sort of take place? So I, the camera went. When, when, did, when was it I first decided? Yeah, when was it you first decided to, to sort of embark on your first competition prep? Well, it was um, another guy I was speaking to, um, Tim Griffin. He, he won the heavyweights at the Welsh this year. Okay. Um, he, yeah, he trains at my gym. And I didn't know him at the time, but I was speaking to him. I was like, he sort of tried to make a conversation training for any reason. He explained he was a competitive bodybuilder. And... Um, yeah, and it was until a couple of times um, after seeing him, I sort of sort of put up the courage to speak to him because I was just sort of like guy who really knew at first um, in the gym, and I explained I wanted to get into competing, and then where where do I go? What do I? And he explained BNBF NPA. He said he's competing with BNBF that year, which was the year before I started. Um, year before I did my first show. So 2013, and, yeah. Or 2014, even. 2014, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he sort of, yeah, and I took his number. He gave me the um, sort of show dates and everything. Um, did you go so down yeah, to really, watch it? No, I didn't that year, no. But I um, I trained with him quite frequently, so I knew sort of how it, it diet affected his training, knew what to sort of expect for the following year. Sure. The year after. Yeah, and he like turned into a big inspiration to me. Sort of still train with him as and when sometimes. Nice. Yeah, he's down to a down to a So when did um the Timmy really sort of got me into wanting to Yeah. So, so when did the um sort of like when did you decide that uh you know the to- the sort of like the prep started what sort of what sort of time was that and how long did you give it until like so the diet started and how long did the diet sort of look like did you have a plan in place yeah i went by chris sito oh, okay. um yeah his championship bodybuilding was that his, a book, book. Ah, yeah okay. cool i'm not sure how old it is i think it's a bit dated now yeah but, um yeah he um when I, it, I think I had 19 weeks. Say the same as this prep. Um, yeah, I gave myself about 19 weeks from prep to the Welsh, and I was on about. I wasn't really on a lot to be fair to come to the end. About 300 grams of carbs. So, from like from activity level, I don't think that was a lot um, enough looking back. But it said drop 25%. So that took me down to 225 grams of carbs. Okay. And till six weeks out, I didn't need to do anything. Didn't need to change anything. I was dropping weight consistently, so that's what's made makes me think. You probably went too a bit low. low, yeah, straight away. Yeah, yeah. but um, it wasn't until 
you know, people like, on, like friends with on Facebook, follow me on Instagram. Yeah. But this guy, he's basically a cool guy. Like I see him as a mentor, like best friend to me. He's been through it all, and I do like everything with him now, bodybuilding wise. Constantly train with him. He's always there, like, and he he went by Chrisito. At he like he read he read the books, so he knew exactly what I was doing. And it went until I think seven weeks out. I really started training with him, dressing germs, speak, and so we decided to because things did start to slow around six weeks out. Okay. And um, no, we about so we started speaking about ten weeks out. So we had about yeah a good couple of weeks before, and then I started going on carb rotation. And that oh. really sort of, I felt I felt dialed me in for okay. last year. So explain yeah. explain to the audience what what's what that means because I haven't actually heard of that term before. Um, obviously, I haven't read this book, um, no. but you know I'm very very interested, and obviously I, I want to talk a lot about bodybuilding preps and what they look like. So explain to the audience what, like what that sort of looked like, what that protocol was. What the carb rotation? Yeah. So we I think I. I was on about two I had protein again for my diet. I was about two seventy, so I was on quite high protein still. Wow, yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um but again I didn't have any fats, so I was roughly on I was so ridiculous, like twenty grams of fat a day. Christ. For, okay. <laughs> if I was getting in like fish. How did you how did you feel on twenty grams of fat? Interested. I'm interested to know. How did you feel? Mood swings sort of Sex drive? Last oh out that window, yeah. Oh, yeah. La- last year year's prep was pretty horrendous it was hard it was a hard it, I had a couple of times thinking what, what, why am I doing this to myself then you think of the end goal yeah. and then just power on but yeah the carb rotation wise I upped my protein again to 300 grams Christ. but dropped it yeah but dropped it to um, drop carbs to 100 grams Ooh. so I was on low carbs Ooh. low carb low fat so basically looking back it's not not optimal not yeah even speaking to guy we know but both thought it's not really optimal but he knows more about me now yeah uh, i know more about myself um but yeah so for the welsh i think we did five days low carb about 100 grams yeah 100 yeah 100 yeah. grams carb and then um switched it okay so on every yeah so on the sixth day it'd be 100 grams of protein three yeah, 300 grams. I think up to 400 grams of carbs, actually. So, yeah, okay. higher calories as well. So Kept up the same. Yeah. No fat in my diet. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And I always thought I looked better on low fat. I don't know yeah. why. I always yeah. I did. I mean, I ran pretty low fat for up until, like, similar to you, that digging phase, probably like six, five weeks out um, of yeah. like some of my shows. I think I went down to maybe 30, 35 grams of fat on my normal days. And then, but my my pro my protein was the other end of the scale. So actually, um, towards the end of my prep, my protein came down to its lowest at like a gram per pound. So I was like at one forty protein. Um, yeah. but, but but my carbs were a lot higher than yours. I think the lowest my carbs went for like were about two seven five three hundred. Um, and yeah. then my high days were up to like seven hundred to a thousand grams in terms of carbs. Um, I really shoveled them in. But um, that's really interesting to hear. So, how did you like? How did training go as a result of sort of this? Did you lose a lot of strength as a result in that? Like, obviously, up to six up to six weeks out, you were doing fairly well in terms of fat loss. You were hitting yeah. hitting it hitting on the nail on the head, really. Yeah, it didn't change anything. So, yeah. 
like how did strength look up until six weeks out were you holding strength really well yeah i was holding strength um the only thing <laughs> i didn't really notice strength drop to be fair um but the only notice i was squatting under a, uh, about two weeks out squatted 90 kg and I, <laughs> yeah that was low wasn't it 90 but, uh, 90 kg it was like proper form it was yeah. deep uh, sort of ass to grass how many thing. reps about eight it's twelve around. Strong. Oh god, it's horrendous. But I'm sort of. And what does your squat yeah. look like now for like eight to twelve reps? What weight would you be using that like now? Um, I'm squatting one thirty mm. between ten to twelve. Yeah, so it's that's so, a big drop. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, granted, you will lose some strength, but that that is a that is a sort of a savage drop in terms of um, overall strength. Um, which you know you could factor yeah. down to the the process that you took in terms of dieting on that on that sort of initial phase. Um, so yeah, there's there's quite a big gap. Am I correct in terms of uh, the BMBF Welsh to the BMBF finals? So what did last yeah. year's what does last year's prep look like between the BMBF Welsh and and the finals? And looking back on that, would would there be anything that you'd massively change in terms of the way that took place? Absolutely. Uh, we took out carb rotation, and I sort of went back up to. I think I went up to 200 grams of carbs. 200, um, yeah, about 230 protein, um, and sort of went until about I think it was four weeks out. I went back, back on the carb rotation, sort of really trying. Cause I did put I can't remember how much weight I put on, but I put on put on a bit of weight, not a lot. Okay. But uh, yeah, post show, and then sort of really trying to dial me in again. Um, yeah, I, felt I came in. Yeah, I think I sacrificed a bit of size mm. coming into the finals. But I believe I came in leaner. Okay. But yeah, sac- sacrificing some size. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So, out of like the two shows, um, what would you say you're moving away from diet now? What would you say your overall overall experience of your first two bodybuilding shows? What was it like? And would you say that? the the BMBF was a great good or you know what, what was the experience like in the BMBF for the first couple of shows that you did? Oh, I loved it. Um, I couldn't couldn't flaunt anything the BMBF do. They're on point on everything. Um, yeah, consistent about everything. They keep you informed, professional. It's best. I, I love it. The best. Be on being on stage. It's, it's, you give it your all, but it's a blur at the same time when you think back. Were you, were you like really nervous on show day did you did you have any issues like did your tan run or any of that jazz like did you have any mess ups no tan didn't run nothing like this year god um <laughs> but no i was sort of calm because i had my family around me i sort of guy my mentor I had tim who was competing at the same show as well so would you um, say so that I'd, sort of support helps yeah yeah i'm very sort of family orientated sort of keeps me calm keeps me sort of relaxed yeah. and because um, Tim was a heavyweight because he was only competitive like backstage in it so um, he was because he was on last because he was a heavyweight and I was on um, first being a teen. teen he stayed with me during pump up he just sat there sort of squeezing your legs because um, yeah keep um, sort of not told me what to do but sort of guided me yeah alright um, yeah I was to hit you on your front hit go through some poses Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he sort of stayed with me, kept me relaxed until I got called to go up. So nice. yeah, I wasn't 
not not saying I wasn't nervous, obviously, because you're going up on stage for the first time, but um, nerves was at a low. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Would you say that throughout the two that first year of competing, did you have any sort of friends or even family that sort of looked at what you were doing and said, you know what, Ashley, like this is weird or what you're doing to your body with regards to dieting is, is bad and you're going to make yourself ill. Did you have any sort of confrontations like that during your first comp- competition season? Not such, no. Um, being, it been a hard prep last year. Um, so yeah, I had sort of some family members saying, you sure this is what you sort of really want to do? But I can't fault them any, on anything about support. Like without, Without my family, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do bodybuilding now. They put so much into me. So they're like, like my mum, like is like my best friend. Like, yeah, she's we're close, close as anything. Good. And yeah, my family supported me loads. So yeah, a couple of times said, are you sure? Are you sure? Because they've seen how sort of mood swings, how low mm. I've got on some some days last year. But they knew at the end of the day, this is what I wanted to do, and they knew I was making progress. Sort of making friends doing it mm. um yeah they, they sort of saw the bigger picture with me so that's good i really yeah. think that that's like massively important i think the overall take home from what you just said there is that you're close with your mum you're close with your family you yeah. need to like as a teen in my opinion like you need to keep your family informed about what you're doing like if you hide away and you just you just show the mood swings you just show the diet brain and you don't mm. actually tell them why you're feeling these feelings and why you're sacrificing for something you love, then they're never really going to understand it because you haven't given exactly. them a chance to. So I think that's really important for sort of teens to be more like yeah. open and honest with their family and their, their sort of their support network. Yeah, they'd be shy about anything, really. Yeah, definitely. So um, before like um, we move on to sort of the final topic, which I want to cover, what would your yeah. top advice be, your top tip, in terms of any teenagers like looking to get into competing for their first season, what would you say uh, over the sort of the last season that you did? What did you learn, and what would you give it in terms of advice f- for them looking to compete? Um, you want to be in as much as you can while still dropping weight, mm-hmm. and then what I did last year, if well, it was on the cards too, because I didn't really change much, but. It was on the cards. If I was to drop weight, uh, no, stop dropping weight. Sorry. Um, either I was going to take 25% away of calories from carbs again, um, from what I was already on. So I was going to drop some calories, and then see how that goes. And then if weight loss stopped, add some more. Cal- so one variable, one variable at a time, basically. Yeah. So you don't want to be doing like, don't want to drop cardio. No, you don't want to add cardio, drop calories. Because you don't know where it's coming from, then you don't know what your body yeah. reacts. And you obviously got help. You sort of like got advice from others. Would you say that that's exactly, a really yeah. big tip in terms of just like making sure that you have other people that have done it before around you? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, sort of guy, he always, um, he's always a mail away. We always trained. He gave me his sort of idea of training, how I train now. Um, yeah, constantly speaking. One of, like one of my best friends now. He really, he really like saw into me. Um, didn't see me, didn't see me wrong, really, mm. basically. Sure. Like, yeah. 
Cool. Well, that's definitely good tips, and I, I definitely agree with with all of those. Um, so a lot of teens can definitely take away something from this. So um, my final topic, Ash, is something that I did as well. So <coughs> between the age of 18 and 19, I took like a, I guess you could call it maybe a five to six month off season. So from the BNBF yeah. finals to my next BNBF qualifier in the following year, Obviously, well, including another diet, but I took off some short period of time. So we're talking four or five months here, max maximum really in a surplus. So not a long time. Yeah. Um, over that period of time, obviously, we have Christmas and all that jazz as well. So really taking into account, it's a very short off season. Now, I wanted to sort of ask you as to sort of what you did um, in terms of training and nutrition over that short period of time that you think made the biggest impact um, on your physique? And was there anything that you massively changed? Because I know that I saw sort of a post about your different changes to the way that you trained. Um, and I'm wondering as to whether you can sort of explain what you did over that time period to, to make the gains that you did. Well, basically, literally uh, changed the way I train 100% really. Trained very... Um, like high intensity, so high intensity, low volume. Started off training one ex, uh, one set per exercise. So, um, which, so for example, one chest, set. one working set. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I do a warm up, yeah. and then go into a working. Yeah. Um, so for example, for chest, I do one set of incline, um, press, one set of flat press, one set of flies. Um, it was going well, strength was upping, but I wasn't feeling like I was sort of making the, um, sort of, I know it's not all about doms, but I wasn't exactly feeling like I was creating that. Yeah, creating yeah. that stress. Yeah, exactly, that's it. So um, I upped it to two, um, two sets per exercise, So and that's stuck with me ever since. So for example, for quads, I'd start off with um, two sets of squats, two sets of leg press, two sets of leg extension. But focusing on that progressive overload. So cool, each man. week, um, every exercise, every set, I want to be um, aiming to get another rep out or heavier weight, make pushing way past that point of failure. Obviously, keeping form strict, um, but yeah, push past that, um, going past absolute failure, even with a spot, um, rest pause, drop set, negative. However, just making sure you get that progressive overload each and every week and yeah that's wow. I was at the Welsh I was 100 last year's Welsh 141 pounds and this year's Welsh 151 wow so, 10 pounds I think pounds. you know I think a lot of that a lot of that um you know t like that 10 pound difference um and I wonder if you agree with this, but in my opinion, a lot of that ten pound difference is yeah. Granted, you probably put on some tissue in that time period, but a lot of that ten pound difference, in my opinion, is from the way that you dieted and from actually like muscle retention. So you probably actually held on to a lot more muscle this time than you did last year, and that's in my opinion one of the biggest factors in terms of how people change physiques in a short period of time i think for the like the previous season you potentially over dieted your physique a little yeah. bit so you probably wasted away a lot of muscle that you could have had on stage and then obviously the 10 pound difference with very similar if not better conditioning probably yeah. came a lot from holding on to tissue that you lost the first time um yeah. which is which is a very important factor and that's interesting you were 10 pounds heavier because 
I I actually was exactly the same, like exactly the same. In 2014, I was 143. In 2015, I was 143 on stage. And um, that's really, yeah, I mean, that's a big, big difference. And I think that, you know, if you represent the same physique, you know, at other shows or the finals or whatever, you will do really well because you've made, like, incredible progress on... Uh, namely hamstrings like glutes overall upper body fullness um which which is yeah definitely like visible that 10 pounds is visible man um so that's that's really cool and interesting to see how the way that you've changed training because um a lot of people obviously don't realize that you, you can sort of get away with with doing you know like you said that that sort of almost quite minimalistic approach to training in terms of you you are doing as much as you need to progress you're you're exactly. almost you're you're opening up the door to progressive overload by bringing your logbook into the gym and you're making progress albeit doing like two sets per body part granted you know you could potentially open up the door to, to more training volume by doing a third set but would that yeah. Im- would that impact recovery you know you don't know until you try it but what you're doing so far is obviously working and um yeah a lot a lot of people can sort of definitely take something from that in the in the fact that you know there's all these crazy programs out there like you mentioned chris greth gethin you know y3t you know with all this volume all this all this jazz and you know what you've actually done is is sort of gone back to basics and uh, you can't beat progressive overload in my yeah, opinion you can't you can't it's like, yeah it's, it's, yeah it's obviously evidence based it's science back so i cannot i cannot disagree with you more that you know progressive overload is what going to be one of the biggest factors in terms of overall muscle hypertrophy um you know granted that frequency has been shown to be very 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 important um in terms of you know overall hypertrophy as well um so you know i think that's something that definitely people in, in looking to improve their physique over a short period of time should take into account is that you know, you need to be logging your training. You need to be focusing on that that progressive overload. Um, so, over the course of your like prep so far, how has strength been? Has have you held on to most of it? Have you lost anything? Have you improved um, on anything? Strength's dropped slightly the last couple of weeks. Okay. Before the show, um, but no, not 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 looking going into like the weight room dreading. Oh, what's the what's the drop going to be this 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 set? Right. You still no. enjoy training? Uh, oh yeah, I love training. Um, this diet, I can, it's completely up opposite end to last year. Okay. Sort of keeping sort of calories as high as I can still. Yep. Um, <laughs> fats. I'm about fifty grams of fat at the moment good, still. Good man. Um, proteins drop now to since the Welsh two hundred. Yeah. I've okay. given that to carbs because. Yeah, good man. Yeah, getting um, feedback from Vicky, coming harder, fuller. Um, yeah, giving food to carbs, and I've gone more calories. Sort of, sort of up my calories again, in about a couple of hundred. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's that's working for me fine at the moment. Strength's still on the up. What's activity levels looking like at the moment? Are you keeping like? Are you doing a lot of cardio? What what sort of you? What does your cardio protocol look like? Do you do less or hit or anything? Um. I do cardio on. Well, it's not exactly fasted because I wake up, have a shake, okay, have some aminos, I'll go to the gym, and then sort of do a walk on, sort of walk on a treadmill. Okay. Um, do that for not anything mad, um, but half hour. Cool. Just, just 
generally a, just a light walk, nothing too intense because because sort of enjoy doing it. And I'm um, a uh, spinning instructor as well, so I did two two spinning classes a week. So mm. do those on the same same sort of day. Yeah. And then one day a week I'll do some hit. Yeah. Okay. High intensity interval. Um, just to change things up really, but I get around roughly sort of a pedometer roughly about ten k steps. Yeah, day, I was so. hoping you were going to mention steps. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep steps quite high, quite active. Having a pedometer makes me having the app on, like sort of app on your phone. Keep looking at the app, think, oh, let's get moving. Is that like because a you want to try and beat? You want to get. Yeah. Do you use a Fitbit it's or Jawbone? Jawbone. Okay. Cool. 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 I've got Jawbone. Jawbone yeah. up. Yeah. And sort of yeah, base pedometer really tracks your sleep and everything. Good. But yeah, sort of make makes you want to get moving, makes you want to go for walks. So go yeah, go for a lot of walks at the moment. I don't don't class it as cardio. Yeah, you prefer. you shouldn't because that makes it like that no. closes the door on you wanting to do it because cardio is something we don't really want to do. But I think exactly, yeah, I think like keeping the steps consistent is one of the biggest elements that I've learned recently in terms of fat loss. And I wish that I sort of knew it a bit more when I was prepping because yeah, yeah. I would have probably just kept my steps consistent. I reckon you know towards the end of my prep when I was primarily sedentary I was probably doing maybe like a thousand or two thousand steps like my steps would just be the steps that I do in the gym whereas like mm. now even in the gaining phase like I'll keep my steps consistent just to try and keep my body weight consistent um yeah, yeah. so yeah that's a big factor that a lot of people should really take into consideration is your yeah your overall steps inclusive yeah. of yeah. your of your cardio so that's yeah, really really interesting yeah, get out, stick on a podcast. Yeah, um, yeah even if it's, yeah, say, like, cardio in the morning. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I think I lost your audio a little bit there, Ashley. But um, if you are if you're back in in the room and able to hear me, um, then we will. Um, yeah, 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 cool, good, good. I've got your audio back. So sorry to anyone that sort of lost a little bit of audio then. Um, so yeah, I mean that's been a very very informative podcast, Ashley. And um, you know, I hope that everyone that has listened has learned a little bit about what a sort of bodybuilding prep looks like and how you can sort of find out more about competing so before i last ask you like one really short last question i just want uh, you to give our listeners a little bit of an opportunity to know where they can find you elsewhere so um give all our listeners just uh, your instagram snapchat all of that sort of socials jazz um and then i'll ask you sort of our last question um I'm mainly active on Instagram, so yeah, post. Try and post most days on Instagram, so you can find me on Ashley Healy, so it's A-S-H-L-E-Y, H-E-A-L-E-Y, with two Ys at the end of my surname. Um, I'm on fa- yeah Facebook, just Ashley Healy, with one Y at the end of my surname. Uh, you Snapchat, but I'm not massively active on Snapchat. I don't, don't really set stories, I mean, sort of okay. uh, speak to people, but nothing sort of bodybuilding-wise just ash healy but for bodybuilding sort of purposes yeah mainly instagram is where i'm most most active so yes ashley healy with two y's at the end of my surname sure sure that's all good and i'll I'll try and link those up below also 
So, um, what's the plans uh, moving forward for for you? What are you looking to do the rest of the year in terms of competing, and what can people sort of look out for in terms of your next shows? Um, I've got the next show is seven and a half weeks, the BNBF British Finals in Perth. Uh, the following Saturday, um, week after, is NPA British Finals in Brighton. Yeah, <laughs> your hometown. Yeah, but... um, the town will see. Yeah, it's uh wait, I don't actually know. I think I think it might I think it might be a city. Otherwise it is a big town if it's a town, but I think it's a city. I think it's a city. Yeah. One of those anyway. Yeah. Um but as next year goes I'm taking at least one year out. Sort of put on some good good size. Um into juniors. Yeah, at least one year, possibly two. Mm. cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, just wanna put on some good size. Eat as yeah. much food as I can. Obviously, stay in condition. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so eat big, lift heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, put on some good nice. quality tissue. Yeah, you'll have an off season like me to look forward to, which is uh, good. You'll you'll end up with cheeks like mine, which is always good. Um, oh, so I, I, I get sodium cheeks so easy. I <laughs> cheat. I blow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know those feels. I just live. I just live with those feels now. Um, so, so finally, um, Ashley, I just want one more question for our audience to sort of take away a final hit of value if they've stayed around for the full sort of 50 minutes that we've been doing this podcast. So if you could give a teenager one bit of advice to sort of wake up tomorrow and be a better bodybuilder or a better guy in the gym, what would you say that piece of advice would be for them literally to implement tomorrow? Um, that can sort of change their approach to to anything that we've talked about today? Um, Consistency, really, with diet. um, Diet, training. Don't sort of close all your doors to, like... So I'll say we have very different, like, ways of sort of diet. You go with it, fit your macros. I'm quite... I'm very, like, sort of chicken, potato, veg sort of guy. Um, Don't be single-minded. Is that like yeah exactly? So try different things out. So like in the off season, I'll occasionally go mad and put a cream egg in my oats. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, sort of. But yeah, try different um, different ways of training. But then if it's not broke, don't don't fix it unless you need to. Stay consistent. Keep logging. Lift heavy with the right form. Mhm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, perfect tips, mate. I agree with all of them. And uh, it's been a pleasure to have you on, Ashley. I hope that you've enjoyed it. And uh, I hope that our listeners, if you've listened to the full episode, I hope that you've enjoyed this one. And I will be seeing you very soon uh, for episode nine. And thanks very much again for listening. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Wicked. Thank you, Ashley. See you guys later.